glorious day, God. Let us walk in that gospel light, Jesus, the truth of thy way, O Lord. For thou, God, art the truth and the ways and the life, O God. And there is none beside you, Lord. You are indeed the glory and the lift of our heads this morning. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's good to see everybody. It's good to have John and Diane Noonan with us this morning. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Raining outside. Ain't it great? Amen. God is good. Amen. So we want to get right in our Sunday school lesson this morning. Our, not Sunday school, but discipleship lesson. Amen. So I want to pray for our Sunday school offering. And then Brother Miller is going to come and finish and teach us about Christian discipleship. Amen. Father, I ask you, Lord, to bless our Sunday school offering this morning. Lord, bless this lesson that comes to us, oh God. I pray from Brother Miller's lips this morning. God, give him wisdom, give him knowledge and understanding, oh God, and give us ears to hear and a word to receive your word, oh God, in our hearts. We give praise and thanks in Jesus' name. God bless Brother Miller. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Always good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm excited about what God is doing. The rain that we get this morning. There's a purpose behind that rain is to help things grow and develop. So thank God for the rain. Amen. Without that rain, we would not have the vegetation. We would not have the nourishment that we have available today. So thank God for everything that he's doing. Thank God for you. I want to say thank you very much for all the people of God that have been praying for us. For me, I appreciate your prayers because I know it is not my prayers alone and it's not me doing it by myself, but I thank God for having some folks that know how to pray and intercede and, and talk to God on my behalf as well. And I thank God for giving me a mind to continue to pray. You know, it's important to pray for one another. Amen. You may not be able to do a lot. You know, but prayer can go a long way. So I thank you for your prayers. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. As always, I say I'm excited about learning the things of God. I love truth because it changes people. You know, truth is one of those things that's consistent regardless of every everything else that changes from time to time. Truth is consistent. It remains to be true. No matter what you think of it, truth is always truth, and I'm so glad for it. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. So we're continuing chapter 2, titled Understanding the Plan in this whole series of... Putting life back into perspective, chapter two, understanding the plan. And we've gone through the previous lessons, and so we will continue today, today's lesson in understanding the plan, talking about ministry. So we're going to talk today a little bit about it, and then we'll continue on next week talking a little bit more about 
ministry. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, this is Paul, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a dead sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, right? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Y'all see that? The Amplified version for that portion of that scripture says it's your rational service. You should already know this is what God expects. It's what makes sense. Spiritually, present yourself, right? Present your bodies. That is your whole being. A living sacrifice. Then it goes on. Holy. Simplest definition of holy is to be separated from sin unto God. Holy, acceptable, not to man. Your aim and your goal is not to please man. At the end of the day, you're not going to be standing before man, and they're not going to determine whether or not you get in or not. It's going to be God who's going to determine whether or not you may get in or not. So then our goal is to be acceptable unto it doesn't matter if you don't like me. It doesn't matter if our personalities are the same or not. What matters is if I am acceptable unto who? Now, if I'm acceptable unto God, then that means that everything else in my life should be in order. It starts with him. It's not a canceling out. See, if we put things back in perspective, maybe some of these other things in our lives will be back where it's supposed to be. We won't have so much confusion in our world today. Can I go a step further? We won't have so much confusion in the church body today. If we put things back in perspective. If I aim to please God, then everything that God has provided for me, I'm go it's going to automatically flow together. Amen? You can't please God and then be in confusion at the same time. Scripture tells us God is not the author of confusion. Everything with God makes perfect sense. You don't need a backup plan with God. You're doing it God's way. That's the best way you can do it. You ever hear somebody make the comments and say, well, you know, I know God can do it, but just in case, that, that's where you went wrong. Because what you just said was, I still have doubts about God's ability to do what I'm asking him to do. 
So your last statement just stated where your heart really lies. Isn't that something? Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I will read verse 2 because it's just, it, to me, it's just fitting. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove what is that good. Now, see, the first verse says, holy, acceptable unto God. Or if you're going to do that, he says you got to be, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your thinking has to be changed. Things have to be put back into focus, back into perspective, so that you can effectively prove what is the good and acceptable. And look at this. Perfect will of God. So again, you need no secondary measure or secondary plan to God's divine perfect plan. God doesn't fail. God's way is the best way. Amen? So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just to ponder on what good would a restaurant be without a cook what good would a car shop be without a mechanic what good is a hospital without a doctor the truth is these establishments cannot function successfully without the proper people in place to perform the necessary functions. Each establishment requires certified people who are trained and have experience in the specified job fields. Furthermore, your cooks, your mechanics, your doctors, all require the assistance of other professionals, which includes your waiters, your waitresses, your cashiers, nurses, administrative clerks, so on and so forth. So they can't just do it by themselves. I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm not, but would be nice. But if I'm a doctor, I can't do every part of the job by myself. However many surgeries I have to, to go through, surgery, surgical procedures I have to perform, I, I probably won't have time to do the administrative stuff. You know, when you go in to have surgery, there's some administrative Paperwork that has to be filled out, right? And processed. Things have to be filed. Got to make sure that the insurance companies are covering, you know. So you can't do everything by yourself, even though you may have a knowledge of how 